Namaskar and welcome to Daily Global Insights, episode 276. A shout out to our viewers to like this program so it can reach its maximum potential. Today is Wednesday, the 10th of November, and here are the main points. Mr. Xi Jinping says that China is prepared to work with U.S. on condition of mutual respect. Good morning, Sridharji, and hope your day is going well, sir. Namaskar. Good morning to everybody, or good evening to everybody, or good day to everybody. And, you know, another exciting Wednesday uh, ahead of us. Everything is going very well, sir. There's no, there are no complaints. We have plenty of news. And uh, the King Tsar, uh, Mr. Xi Jinping, has announced, Mr. Biden, if you respect me and treat me on equal, if not higher, then I'll be good to you. So, and I'm happy to negotiate with you while I continue to flaunt the world at my will. And uh, members of APEC, including um, US and China, held a virtual summit on Tuesday leading up to the Friday summit, pledging to expand vaccine supply and step up the resumption of travel. So what is this APEC committee, sir? Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Council, sir, this is the Association of uh, Southeast Asian Nations. Uh, in conjunction with few others who have become, uh, there are 21 nations which, uh, which form this specific group, uh, including some of the Pacific Island nations, which shares uh, Pacific Sea, uh, Pacific Ocean as one of its borders. They come together. It's a fairly, uh, you know, innocuous, but at <laughs> the same time, influential trade group. Uh, so they've been discussing what needs to be done. Um, and and the topmost priority is COVID, reopening the borders and allowing people to start coming in and leaving. Uh, and that's the priority and increasing the vaccination uh, availability to the APEC and other nations in the world. What is striking when, I mean, we, I don't have the graph, but what is striking is we can put the graph in the, uh, uh, in the P Guru's uh, website. What is striking is, Nobody has gone past 85% or close to 100%. Singapore is the only one which has gone past 80%. Uh, even United States is struggling to get past 60% on total vaccinated, totally vaccinated. Rest of them are way down. So this is a problem for the world, even if you have not completed the basic first step of two vaccines, and hence the focus. And governments around the world should not attempt a one-size-fits-all policy for clean energy transitions, said Amin Nasser, the president and CEO of Saudi Aramco. A similar plea was made by Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi at the climate summit in Glasgow. Sridharji, so now I think people are beginning to get some sense of direction of how the climate uh, changes have to be uh, re reversed by using alternate sources of energy. That is the biggest, but what about beef, sir? Beef consumption, production of beef, that is another huge polluter. Uh, there are, it is a polluter, but the pollutants are more in the ecosystem and the environment rather than affecting the climate. So whenever they're talking about uh, the impact, they're talking more around the climate. Uh, you are very right, uh, the, the pollutants from the, this specific industries that you're alluding to, it affects the water and other kind of resources from an environmental point of view. Um, coal and methane are the biggest sources. 
So there has been attempt to reduce this, uh, you know, emissions from fuel and trying to switch to alternate energy. I think the, the rest of the world said the top four emitters are United States, sorry, China, United States, India, and Russia in that order. They make up close to 62 or 70 percent of the emissions in the world. So you can't overnight tell us to reduce fuel, especially when you all are in a very advanced stages of economic development. So don't try to tell us that all of us have to follow the same path. That's the message from the oil companies. China will finance the construction of an outpost for a special forces unit of a Tajikistan's police near the Tajik-Afghan border. The location adjacent to Chinese Xinjiang province will not have any Chinese forces. I'll lay this thing out a little bit for us. So China is saying that it is not going to have its own forces, but it is going to allow the Tajiks to guard it? It's saying that Tajik, you have, if you are worried about the uh, Afghan Taliban coming in or any potential terrorist forces causing tension, I know you are a weak economy. I am prepared to give you money because you also will take care part of my thing. This is Chinese view. I am sure that they will have equipment and other stuff which will keep a close and important eye as to what's happening in that specific area. The reason, the reason why Chinese are concerned is if this spills in, the war looms at its feet on from a terrorist angle especially with Uyghurs in the Xinjiang province. An Afghan humanitarian crisis dominates discussion between NSA, National Security Advisor Ajit Doval, and his Uzbek and Tajik counterparts. The U.S. envoy for Afghanistan, Thomas West, will be visiting India as part of his ongoing trip. Sridharji, this is the NSA conference that China and Pakistan are giving a miss, isn't it? This is a pre-conference. The oh, conference pre -conference. is uh, pre-conference. The conference will conclude today in India in Wednesday. Then we'll cover that uh, in tomorrow's session once the observations are. But they're talking about much closer coordination and intelligence sharing, etc., etc. Because none of those countries, including Russia, has recognized uh, Taliban as a legitimate government ruling Afghanistan. So the, uh, the first priority is, you know, if humanitarian crisis and your food and other things have to be logistically supported and shared, uh, then it requires a closer coordination and monitoring to make sure that there is constant and persistent vigil and intelligence around what's happening when these events unfold. And Chinese military aircrafts are sent to intercept a U.S. spy plane nearing Chinese airspace on Monday morning, that is the 8th of November. Reportedly, it breached Taiwan's Air Defense Identification Zone, ADIZ. Further, 20 Chinese airplanes enter Taiwan's ADIZ in less than 24 hours. So, so the Chinese have been entering airspace for a while now. It's just the number of aircraft. So they come, fly and go, come, fly and go. So why is it that they're uh, getting rattled when U.S. does the same thing? Because they, Taiwan is an integral part of China. United <laughs> States United States is trying to rattle, saber rattle and affect the harmony and calmness that prevails in the Taiwan Strait. They pose a grave and significant threat to the sovereignty of China. Hence, China is very upset. And therefore, all these claims that come by, China has to make sure 
that it doesn't create any mischief, uh, not only in Taiwan, but also in mainland China. That is, that is their press statement in response to their own violations, which they think is their part of their sovereignty, but anybody else coming in upsets their status quo. Believe that, and uh, I have a bridge to sell for you, Prime Minister or Premier Xi Jinping. <laughs> it costed one billion to build, but we will give it to you for a low, low, low price of just two hundred and fifty million dollars. It's called Golden Gate Bridge. So yeah. on on Tuesday evening, news broke out that a U.S. Navy C-40A plane carrying U.S. congressional senators had taken off from Clark Air Base, Philippines, and landed at Taipei's Siongsan Airport bringing condemnation from Beijing. More on the same stuff, sir. No, I think that the objective of covering is that the China is at the flashpoint. Uh, China-Taiwan is at the flashpoint. If you take the global news as a whole, there are three main themes. China, China, and COVID. This is it. In Europe, COVID and some issues and in, um, in and if you take Asia, United States, Pacific, and the Indian subcontinent around the Himalayan region, or around the Indian Ocean, it's all China's intrusions, incursions, threats, buildup, funding, etc. So that is uh, that is their scope. To come back to the specific point. It looks like John Kirby himself, the, the Pentagon spokesman, has made a statement, yes, we have congressional leaders, there's nothing to be alarmed about, this happens at least twice, thrice a year, uh, and, you know, yes, they did go on a, you know, a C-40 plane, and yes, they have landed, they have safely reached uh, Taiwan, and I'm sure that they will come back. You know, we'll report who these people are in a couple of days, uh, but right now, that event has happened, and that's one more saber uh, rattle that Mr. Biden has fortunately done. And interestingly, the United States Coast Guard, USCG, recently re released images of a fleet of four ships of China's People Liberation Army Navy called PLAN, sailing near a U.S. Exclusive Economic Zone, EEZ, near Alaska's Aleutian Islands. This comes at a time when China itself opposes any such activity around its own land or seas. Irony is dying, sir. <laughs> you know, I think they got inspired by the Russians. You know, the Russians sent their uh, ships. Then the Russians and Chinese together came. Now China says, now I'm emboldened, so let me send my stuff. It's just it's a nonsense that is going on. And I think that it's time China shuts down and focuses on genuine bilateral rather than scriptitious uh you know methodologies that they have used in encroaching and dealing with nations uh now this whole statement that uh, mr xi jinping said you know respect me this that and so on why does he deserve a respect when all activities that they have conducted as part of the foreign policy but anything other than spying influencing and advocating the chinese agenda and uh, in yesterday's conversation with Elmer Yuan, viewers, uh, the concerns or uh, the observation that Elmer made was that China is indeed preparing for a war, maybe three to four months down the road, but they are mobilizing. They are doing a lot of stuff that you would normally do if a country is preparing to go to war. Very, very regrettable. I think now he feels confident that he has 
essentially you know shown each person's corrupt history to them so that there will be no dissidents at the C CCP plenary session and he feels emboldened now that uh, he can indeed uh, direct China's destiny, uh, Middle Kingdom, whatever you want to think about it. So we'll just wait and see how far this person's hubris is going to lead China into ruin. India and Israel signed a deal to jointly develop next generation technologies and products such as drones, robotics, artificial intelligence and quantum computing. Sridharji, this is a new path for India that it is beginning, it is looking more and more to Israel to for its newer technology and India has a workforce, Israel has a technology. It could be a win-win situation as long as there is a, a feeling that both countries are winning, isn't it? It is, it is. I think that there's a, a lot of synergies and harmony. Both nations face similar types of issues and threats. It has to be, India has to be given credit as much as President Trump's leadership in trying to harmonize Israel, India, and West Asia peace so that at least that part of the continent or that part of the world is not, uh, is not compromised as a result of a number of issues that is looming, least of which is China, but a lot of other issues that we have uh, uh, talked about. So India is now taking the next step. India has historically started with Israel around the agriculture, farming, and you know some limited uh, you know um, arms. Then it stepped up its uh, purchases of defense equipment and other types of ammunitions. Now it is moving into the uh, the core frontier of uh, technologies which really matches with what Israel can offer. Uh, which is around, you know, uh, what you call as the computing, uh, quantum computing, uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, as well as the drones. One of the areas where I feel that India probably can even receive even further assistance is around the deep state and analysis of uh, cyber security and putting in cyber deterrence. Uh, in that area, you know, Israel is probably the leader in the world. And I think it can learn and it can derive a lot of benefit by extending its partnership into that domain as well. And India sets a new benchmarks as it continues its economic agenda, achieves services export target of 1 trillion by 2030, achieve 50% clean energy share by 2030 from renewable sources, reduce power supply deficit from 17% in 2007 8 to a surplus. 4.4 trillion GDP by 2026 to reach the 5 trillion milestone by 2027. All this is doable, sir. They just need one big hit and it could be the vaccine. Well, I think the vaccines has been a yeah, very big hit. Um, whether there are going to be these alarm bells ringing around the reappearance of COVID remains... Uh, you know, remains at least an illusion for the for the for the for the moment. Uh, one should see the press statement that has come out from the director of the Pfizer. He says, "Well, it's time people stop fear mongering. I think we have got ahead of COVID. We believe we have the vaccinations. We believe we have the data. We can respond to the issues in real time by February, March next year. We probably will see the last of." 
this COVID, at least in some parts of the world, notably in the United States. This is a statement com coming from uh, the Pfizer director. So when you look at all this context, I think India has done reasonably well, not reasonably, exceptionally well in terms of advancing it. The economy is rebounding. These numbers that they are that, that they're going after, at least there is a plan. And one can say how far, how, how well you did and how well you have not done. Uh, I don't know about services, but I, I believe that they're well on their way on the, uh, uh, on the uh, renewable energy. I think the rate at which India is expanding its capacity I think they're also well on the way uh, with regard to the uh, power supply uh, deficiency. I think from 17%, they're, I think, almost close to net zero right now. Uh, you know, that area has been harmonized. If you recall, we covered in DGI when there was a perceived belief of shortage of coal, uh, there was a notification that went minimum 18 to 20 days of coal supply should be maintained uh, at these uh, thermal uh, plants. And, and the supplies were being made available. As far as the economy is concerned, right now as we speak, and I think we talked about 10.5% by an independent agency as well as that number being published by from uh, Ministry uh, of uh, Growth next year, FI22. You are looking at economic agenda being also on the track from a metrics point of view. So I think they're laying down the small, small milestones and steps inching their way towards making sure that the progress is visible as well as dispersed. Biden's budget bill, Build Back Better, America estimated to cross 2.4 trillion and not 1.75 trillion. Again, the numbers creep, Sridharji. Well, I think, uh, you know, the numbers creep. Uh, if you remember that there was a condition put down by the House, uh, our House Budget Committee, that they will send the data to central budget office, CBO, which will do the estimates and get back. And if those numbers are uh, tally, then the numbers, uh, the budget will be taken forward and presented to the House for voting purpose. Already the numbers, they expect it to go from 1.75 to 2.4 trillion. I don't think we should be surprised if it catches close to the 3 trillion mark and there is some clawback that is done. But none of these numbers are big only when the reality hits when the reality here being the actual numbers turn up you find whether how far we have blown out the budget numbers because most of the programs are prefixed once they're prefixed you've got to dispense money whether you borrow or whether you take money out of the tax system but as you can see the numbers are getting helter skelter uh, and just the giganticity of it and Biden administration sends notices to appear to tens of thousands of illegal immigrants inside the United States. These are the ones who walked across the border, sir? These are the ones who have walked across the border. And these are the guys who, for whom this appeal date was not set. These are the guys for whom we don't know whether they were COVID, non-COVID, where they went, etc. So more than 60% of them, you know, probably less than 30 to 40% only there is data. So these are the people who are being called uh you know to appear and basically i won't be surprised if there is some kind of amnesty program that they come up with not what is in the budget right now but they may refine it and come up with so that they are ready for the 2022 elections that many of these people can vote and representative ilhan omar doubts whether the biden mega bill will be taken up for discussion during the week of the 15th of november um, what is so significant about this statement, Sri Jaji? 
The significance is that if they miss uh, this November 15th and slip into the Thanksgiving week, then they are done because uh, then they go into December, which they close for the winter session. So this budget is gone. So therefore, they have to come back for the next year's budget. Because you remember, October 31st, technically our uh, September 30th, our uh, government financial year ends. October 1st is the start. You can't have a budget when three months is already over. This is a budget. This is not a stimulus. If it's a stimulus, you can introduce it at any point of the time and cash can be injected and uh, baked into the financials. But this is a budget. The White House has no plans to shut down a disputed Great Lakes pipeline that brings uh, some 500,000 barrels of crude oil from Canada into the U.S. each day, per a spokesperson. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer ordered the Line 5 pipeline to be shut down last year. Sridharji, we talked about this yesterday. So is it closed now or is it not closed now? Well, if you have to go by the Biden's policy, yesterday was closed. Today, it's uh, not closed. Uh, tomorrow, maybe it will be closed. So let's wait for tomorrow. So the objective of reporting this news is to say how the governors, the progressive governors in a given state can be so overwhelmingly, uh, you know, uh, taking a policy which affects the nation unilaterally. This is a unilateral recommendation. Trust me, this is not by the Senate and the House recommendation of the Michigan, uh, but it is by the uh, it is by a governor who is making this statement. Fortunately, somebody in the White House has said, no, no, we're not going to cut it as yet. But the progressives have the way, they'll cut it. And Putin behind the Poland-Belarus illegal immigrant border crisis, says Polish Prime Minister. Sir, I'm trying to find the connection here. Is Belarus considered a satellite state of Russia? It is. Mr. Chef Levchenko is uh, a protege of uh, Mr. Vladimir Putin. So therefore, you know, he is there to create trouble. So mm -hmm. that's what uh, the Polish people are saying. Hey, you try, guys try to create a problem. You just don't wag your tails. Once upon a time, Eastern states, you are under our control. So that's all is what is going on. And I think the Polish prime minister says that all these instigations are coming from only one man, Mr. Vladimir. And now let's take a look at markets. Wholesale prices surged 8.6% relative to October 2020 numbers, the highest year-over-year -year number recorded. And it is just beginning, isn't it, Sridharji? Just beginning. The inflation is going to be here. And uh, the Fed, uh, Fed governor, uh, Mr. Bullard, uh, has made a statement uh, that there will be two interest rate hikes next year. Two interest rate hikes. Okay, from no interest rate hikes to one interest rate hike to two interest rate hikes. So if you haven't got a mortgage at a concessional rate, you miss the boat. Yes, indeed. And that brings us to a close of this day's uh, DGI. Uh, a shout out to all of you to like, share and subscribe to our channel. We are marching towards our goal of 1 million subscribers. We have some distance to go, but with your help, we'll reach there sooner rather than later. Sridharji, as always, a pleasure to have you. And we will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Namaskar. Same time, same place. Have a wonderful day, wonderful evening. And uh, if you're starting the day, you know, uh, have a great morning and look forward to seeing you all tomorrow.